Ryder Nation, William Powell, bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is the Piffles Podcast, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. I'm an Estevan. Are you sure that's <laughs> a? Are you sure you're Steve? I see a bumblebee. It's a better looking version of me. Oh, that okay. is true. The bumblebee man. <laughs> and I can't. Even, I can't even see Greg. But uh, you know what? I'm not upset about that. Most people aren't actually. That's okay. We're all on Zoom and we can't see each other. This is amazing. Good job, guys. Technology. Yeah. <laughs> we have so much to get to. We'll get to that in just a second. Give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. You can find me at Safamod. Follow me at Greg on Sports. Check us out on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. And of course, Instagram at PifflesPod and the website PifflesPodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Check them out on Skip the Dishes, and uh, you can go get takeout there. So if you're in the Regina area, get uh, get some takeout from Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street. We're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. But let's dive right in, guys. Time for the opening kickoff. <laughs> Still funny. <laughs> is there ever going to be a day where that's not funny to you, Greg? No, it really is not. And now the fact that it's become like a running gag of how funny I find it, I, I will never let it die because it's really funny. <laughs> Whatever helps you sleep at night. Uh, beer. Lots of it. I almost went through the Rainier Wolf Castle line, but decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, gentlemen, the other day, Randy Ambrosi, commissioner of the CFL, held his virtual town hall meeting with the CFL plans for 2020. And uh, I mean, for CFL fans, this is good news, I guess. It, it's, it's not bad news, right? We're learning that there won't be any games played until at least September, which I think we all kind of figured that anyway. But uh, at least it's being acknowledged by the league itself now. The plan is to still have some sort of season. So hopefully we do get in, whether it's an eight-game season, a 10-game season, I'm not sure. But uh, you guys take on at least right now, no games until September. I, I think the moment that Calgary announced that there was going to be no major events until September, we knew this was happening. There was no way they were going to be able to to play football when two confirmed cities were having none of it until September started. So, I mean, this, this part of that announcement was, uh, was expected and I'm glad for it because I don't really want to go back into a football stadium uh, in July and August right now. September is pushing it to me, but uh, we'll see how the world's doing at that point. No one cares about what Calgary thinks. (laughs) But no, seriously, this is, this is what we, we kind of saw just reading the tea leaves where the league was going to have to be. And the league needs to have a season, whether people want to admit it or not. And 
for their own survival. It's not just the lost revenue of this year, but one thing a lot of people aren't taking in consideration is basically the payback the league is going to have to do to their sponsors for next year. Like they've a bunch of these marketing plans have already been put in place and the CFL already has money, so to speak in their pockets that now all their advertisers are going to kind of want back in future payments somehow. That sounds like a good idea for that. I, I think what we'll see is football jerseys that look like NASCAR race cars. Problem solved. Well, the Grey Cup 2020 will no longer be in Regina unless, of course, we do have a season and the Riders make it to the Grey Cup and out of the two teams that get to the Grey Cup would have the best record. It's going to be, a, what do they call it, a win to host Grey Cup, I guess. So whichever teams in the Grey Cup, the, the one that has the best regular season record, they're going to get a home Grey Cup this year. Is, is what? that the- is that the best idea? What happens if there's two teams tied at six and two? I'm assuming head-to-head well, head record. If they play each other once, then that'll just be whoever won that game is going to get that tiebreaker. Yeah, I'm assuming a schedule kind of division specific, but if they, if they do go an eight-game schedule where you just play every team once, then, yeah, I guess that makes it a, a little easier to decide that tiebreaker. Or there'd be some tiebreaker on points for against or even division record, blah, blah, blah. They will, they will have tiebreakers up to yin-yang to avoid whatever situation that this may come up. Well, you hope they will anyway. Flip of a coin. So you got a team like Hamilton who is still going to host the 2021 Grey Cup. They could possibly, I mean, with the team that they've assembled, they were 15-3 and three last year and they somehow got better this offseason. They could be hosting back-to-back Grey Cups. Can, can, did, I don't know if you saw my tweet the other day about the alternate universe where Hamilton got the 2020 Grey Cup. Could you imagine how butthurt they would have been if they would have lost it this year? Yeah, it's happening in Rider Nation. <laughs> Is it really? I, maybe I'm just avoiding people like that. I, I didn't think people were that actually broke up about it. And I was actually quoting an article about people being broke up about it. You know, people were more upset a week ago at the idea of it happening, I think, than they were when it actually was announced. Because by then, I think that the arguments that people were making for why they weren't going to move Hamilton to 2022 and us to 2021 were, you know, fairly common sense arguments. I, I wonder if uh, those, those arguments kind of set in stone by the time they actually made the announcement. This is what I think people are missing out here. It doesn't matter where the Grey Cup is going to be played. Let's say that there is some sort of eight or ten game season this year. It does not matter because when you look at, are, are fans even, be, even going to be allowed? Probably not. So it, it won't matter. And you know, you know darn well there's a good chance that if there is a Grey Cup this year that the Riders win it because it's going to be yet another chance for fans from the rest of the eight teams to uh, – put a gigantic asterisk on another great cup of ours. See, and that, and that bugs me for this reason. And it's the same thing with the NHL and NBA. People are saying whoever wins the championship, there's going to be an asterisk beside it. No, there's not. All the teams are literally playing the same thing here. They're all in the same spot. They're playing the same amount of games. They're playing the same teams. The playoff format, still the playoff format, whatever that's going to end up being. 
whether it's a one game, whether it's a series, depending on the league, obviously, but it's everybody's in it. And you're not going to have a situation like, uh, like BC a few years back where you can start 0 and 6 and still win the cup. I think it, I think it makes it more exciting and more valid of a win than a, than an 18 game season. Every game is going to mean something like literally every, every game win or loss, you, you're going to live or die. It's, it's probably gonna be the most intense season ever in the CFL. And the other note, of course, obviously Grey Cup 2020 no longer in Saskatchewan, but Grey Cup 2022 will be in Regina to kind of make up for the, the loss of 2020. And I think that was the right call. Like we alluded to, uh, Steve, you said, just with Hamilton having 2021, it makes more sense for the CFL to only have to, you know, really change plans on one great cup as opposed to two Hamilton's already sunk money in to their great cup planning and everything. So why would you change two when you only have to change one? I, I had screw them. That's why <laughs> <laughs> I'm punchy today. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It makes for better, uh, better recording. But I, I don't understand why anyone thought they would move, why they would move two great cups. You move one and you move on. It's that simple. And I, I had this argument ad nauseum on one of the, the Ryder fan pages this week or last week. And I finally, as soon as they made the announcement, the first thing I did after tweeting it from Piffles was going to that fan page and going, hey, remember when you told me this wasn't happening? Yeah, that was a spite post and I'm all for it. I think I've had a few spite posts uh, drafted up. I'm ready to unleash them when, uh, when the time is right. <laughs> I think we're all at that stage of this uh, this this COVID world right now. We're all punchy and just I think we're all sick of it. We're 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 all embracing our inner Karen. So, so much. Uh, just just to continue with what Randy Ambrosi was talking about, there were a couple of questions being asked. What about a pay per view service? Oh, I don't. That, that's not really going to work when they already have their TSN partners, and TSN would have to have the pay per view. And there's really no guarantee that they would get, you know, their value out of that. So that doesn't make any sense. Um, refunds are a big thing for people. Are they going to get refunds on their tickets? At least here in Saskatchewan, season ticket holders got their email. Uh, you do have to kind of pick an option of what you would like to do with your, at least right now, it's four tickets uh, that they're kind of refunding or transferring you can donate that to the team. You can donate it, donate those to first responders. And there's a few different options. And obviously the Grey Cup tickets, they'll be automatically refunded to you, less $50 as they're keeping that just as a hold for the 2022 Grey Cup, assuming that you do want to keep your tickets for a couple of years and go in, go in 2022 to the Grey Cup. I think that makes the most sense uh, from a business standpoint anyway. I mean, we're all going to keep our tickets, so it would make no sense to, uh, you know, make it harder on the ticket office than things already are. Oh, I, we... I assume we're, we're all being Rough Rider champions, right? I'll see you guys on the field for that first game. Uh, do you want me to uh, say what I really think about that Rough Rider champion thing? Oh, I, 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 I think my tweet on it was uh, – I, I, I didn't hold back a, a little bit on that one. I, I, okay, I also understand – we are fortunate enough to be able to see the locker room. Like I've been in there a lot. I was in there a lot before the team let us in there to interview guys. 
It's a nice room. Congratulations. And I do not need to go in there with Jerry O'Day, Jeremy O'Day to go see it. Like, he, he's a charming guy, but I guess you can but, talk about that touchdown he got once. I don't know. Like, You know God. damn people are going to pay the money to do it because Ryder Nation is, is filled with suckers. We're, there's a ton of them that will pay good money for – <laughs> There will be people who have already seen the locker room who will give up their season tickets to go see it with Jeremy O'Day. I guarantee it. One of the cool things that they are doing, though, is you can use that credit for the four games on a Rider Store gift card for 110% of the value of your credit. So say your you know, $500 account credit, you'll get 550 bucks at the Rider Store. So I thought that was actually a pretty, uh, pretty good thing there. Get yourself a jersey and a hat and call it a day, I guess. Well, if you're looking at getting one anyway, then, uh, I mean, you're not really out anything, right? So that's a, I think that's a good idea. It's the rare time where the riders will actually give you something above and beyond what they have to. Kudos for that. <laughs> but but here, here's the thing. They'll probably won't let you use your uh, discount. He's a <laughs> ticket holder. There's always something. Always something. <laughs> Back to, back to the games, and if there is a season here before we move on to a couple other things. Hub Cities, is this going to work? I know we've, there's been lots of discussion on social media. Can Regina and Saskatoon be Hub Cities? Well, no, they can't. They don't have enough hotels and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And if there were to be Hub Cities, which ones would you guys like to see? Not Regina. Straight up. I don't want to bring all those problems to my city when we're just getting under control here. Please, for the love of God, keep it as far away from here as possible. I, I keep on going back and forth on this one. While logically it makes sense where you want to quarantine everybody, but there's a lot of ancillary stuff out there for people that need need to be at the stadium media referees like there's a lot of people that they are going to have to keep under lockdown just to make this work for multiple teams like it's not just the players it's like entire support staff and it's it's a huge undertaking and i don't i don't see how it's possible I, I think the one thing that I did see that's very likely if they do a hub city type setup is they go with some kind of very small media core and allow that access to the, the members of the, like the football writers of Canada or the uh, whatever the equivalent of, it, of that would be for radio where you don't have, you know, three, three guys from every team coming down to cover the team for two months. You have, maybe a small handful of the rate like Derek Taylor or uh, Bob Irving in Winnipeg or, you know, a smaller selection of people. I think that's the only way it works. Having but seven media guys would be ridiculous. Oh no. And I agree with you, but the media is just a small part of it too. I'm, but if you think about it, you got a 46, 46 man roster on both sides. So plus the coaches. So you're looking at over a hundred people right there. Then you've got the referees. And then you've got the people that need to be there to make sure the stadium runs. You, you have to have trainers. You need to have uh, play, uh, backup players available. 
like you're 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 in a couple hundred just for one game almost and then you're going to have a bunch of teams there it's it's a it's gonna be an absolute nightmare logistically i'm not sure how this can all work obviously i i think we're all in agreement and common sense kind of prevails if there is any kind of season this year there will be no fans i'm not sure how they can make that work yeah, you can kind of limit how many people you get, but that all depends on the governments, and Randy Ambrosi alluded to that as well. I mean, we're just about to hit phase three here in Saskatchewan where outdoor gatherings are going to be up to 30 people. Well, if that's where gatherings stay at, how do you pick which 30 people get to go to a game? Well, plus you got 46 people on each team on the field already, so you can't do that to begin with. Yeah, like it, it just – Logistically, I don't know how that can work, but we'll see what happens in the next couple of months, obviously, with that. But with Randy Ambrosi's, just to kind of tie it all up here, with his virtual town hall, it was, uh, it was nice to see a little bit more optimism and positive coming out of this, that, hey, we are moving forward. We have all these plans in place. We're looking at doing this and doing this to make sure that there is a season and whatnot. When the last time we saw Randy Ambrosi was him asking for $150 million from the federal government, looking, sounding defeated and embarrassed by, by asking that. This is a, it's a nice change. So it gives that little bit of hope that, Hey, we might be able to get something done. Am I the only one who sees the potential that maybe they got some good news from the government, which is why, you know, this announcement was made and why there's plans going forwards. If, uh, you know, I, I feel like there may have been some good news out of that that we haven't quite heard yet. I'm not, I, I don't know if I believe that. I think it's because uh, Randy's PR people are probably looking at, like, dude, everybody's talking so negative about you right now. Like, we need to have some sort of positive, upbeat thing come out. And, like, let, let's get people excited here and, and look at the CFL in a positive light. And Well, and to be fair, though, he, he didn't really help because Lord knows the rays of sunshine that are known as the Rashmadanian Terry Jones were not impressed by his performance the other day. Basically, they said it was just a, it's a glorified pep rally that said nothing, is, is for lack of a better term. So, I mean, they're not really wrong, but still, it's better than, uh, hey, the CFL's future is in doubt if we don't get $150 million. It was definitely nice to get that positive, you know, hope going forward. So I'll give them that. Well, that's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage, Regina Realty. Check her out on Facebook, Kathy Festion, Royal LePage. Guys, let's move on to some football talk here, actual stuff that's uh, on the field or we will eventually see on the field. This is the Churchill Brewing Company, Odds and End Zones. The Riders actually signed uh, Dion Lacey, linebacker. He was in the NFL for three years. Uh, you'll remember him from his days with the Edmonton Eskimos, won a great cup in 2015. Does this spell the end for Solomon Elamimian? I uh, I hope not, but I'm not going to say I don't see it coming. I love Solly, but Dion Lacey's a hell of a signing, and I don't. Not saying we don't don't need both, but we're pretty set at linebacker. So uh, it's an interesting signing, that's for sure. And I mean, I'm going to guess that signing did not come cheap. That money's going to have to come from somewhere. 
Well, Lacey used to play with the uh, with Craig Dickinson. Dickinson was with the Edmonton Eskimos way back then, so has a little bit of a tie-in with the Riders now. I think it's a great move. As for Solomon Elmamian, I mean, I think it all depends on if there actually is a season this year. If there is no season, we might have honestly seen the last of Solomon Elmamian in the CFL. Who knows? Same with Charleston Hughes at that point when you're when you kind of think about it, but. Uh, St- sticking with the linebackers, Dion Lacey, he could play Will. You could probably even have him play Sam, linebacker. You could push Cameron Judge to the middle and have Lacey, Judge, and, I mean, Otha Foster or Purifoy at the Sam position. You're still looking pretty good, and that's with the loss of, you know, Derek Moncrief, arguably the best Sam linebacker in the CFL. Who, who might not be lost with the uh, – he was, he was cut by the Raiders last week. Yeah, who knows where he's going to end up. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure they all always have a 42 jersey for him here in Saskatchewan ready to go. You mean they didn't retire that when uh, Keith Toaston left? Sorry, bud. Ah, greatest writer. Admit, I got to admit, I enjoyed picking Keith Toaston's number for, uh, in your uh, little uh, draw you did there. <laughs> I, I respect that. Thank you. Who should have their number retired first, Keith Toaston or Corey Williams? Steve, go. Oh, they're, they're both never going to be retired in my, in my closet. They'll be there forever. <laughs> Correct answer is 17. I sold the Keith Toaston jersey. Somebody actually bought it. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, some really weird people. Uh, <laughs> the uh, CFL draft, we haven't had a chance to talk about the draft yet. Uh, last time we were together, we had uh, Devin Haru. And that was uh, from CBC Sports. And he was talking about, obviously, Randy Ambrosi's asked for $150 million. But we talked to him on draft night. We didn't get to talk about the draft itself. The Riders, first round pick, seventh overall offensive lineman, Matlin Riley out of the U of S. He's uh, from Melfort. What's your guys' take on this pick? This was the most obvious pick other than the first overall pick in the entire draft. Riders like, riders like this Saskatchewan O-lineman. And it, it wasn't – some people say it's a bit of a reach, sure, but he wasn't, he wasn't going to come back around next time the Riders took a pick, so they, they got him when they could. And we've had a lot of luck throughout the years with, uh, with Saskatchewan-born offensive linemen. I'm, I'm all for, uh, for taking the hometown guys. You know they're more likely to stick around. And it fits an area of need. The Riders lost Philip Blake and Darius Bladeck in the offseason – who knows how much longer Brendan Labatt's going to be around? Uh, you know, Dan Clark, where's how long is he going to have on him? So all of a sudden, Dakota Shepley, he even said that, you know, staying here isn't really a huge priority to him. He might be looking elsewhere. So you're already looking at all his Canadian talent gone. So it fits the area of need. And uh, like you said, Steve, hometown guy, better chance of sticking around. And uh, I thought it was a great pick. He has a couple of years to kind of develop and be ready to go. And I think he could step in in, in the matter of a year or two. Especially now when you're looking at trying to build the team instead of for 2020, you're going to start building again for, uh, for 2022 with the Grey Cup in, in Regina then. So it's, uh, give, him, give him that few years to, get, to really get going and, and get on the starting roster. Great pick. 
Riders obviously didn't have a second round pick that was sent to Montreal in the Patrick Lavoie, Philip Blake trade. They didn't have a round three pick that was forfeited in the supplemental draft where they took Drake, Jake Bennett, who, uh, thank God, thank God we still got him. Right. Yeah. Also he, uh, decided uh, to that was great. Um, yeah. but I mean, in the COVID world and the uncertainty of a season, he got, maybe he got a better opportunity that he couldn't pass up right now. So you can't really fault him if that's the case. But the next time the Riders picked was round four, 30th overall, taking a receiver, Kean Schaefer Baker from Guelph. Hi, Winston. You didn't like that pick? That's why you're crying? You didn't want them to take a receiver? Winston's confused. Anyway, um, taking a receiver in the fourth round and also later in the fourth round taking uh, his teammate out of Guelph, linebacker Junior Allen. Round five. Defensive back Vincent Deffier from McGill University. Round six, running back Jonathan Femi Cole from Western. And round seven, offensive lineman Jesse Lawson out of Carleton. But the potential steal of the draft, the Riders took third last overall in the round eight. Defensive lineman Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. This guy was taken in the third round by the, was it the third round? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys? Yes, it was. Obviously, he's not going to be up here in Canada for a couple of years. He's going to get his fair shake down with the Dallas Cowboys. But if, for whatever reason, he doesn't make it there, any thrown pick is kind of a throwaway pick in the CFL draft anyway. Why would you not take a chance on this guy? I'm actually surprised someone didn't roll the dice on him earlier. Yeah, even like, in it, the sixth round or something. Yeah, like, I am really shocked that don't get me wrong, Chris Jones wasn't around to start drafting guys and, like, hire that we know we're never going to be here. But I, I'm really surprised, yeah, someone didn't take a shot on the six or even at seven. So, overall, Jeremy O'Day, I thought, with the Matlin Riley pick, taking Keen Schaefer Baker and Junior Allen, hit some really good picks just in terms of what the team kind of needs. They're looking really young at the, the Canadian receiver spot. Obviously, with their two picks last year, Justin Kinnis and uh, Braden Lenius as well. So I think they're set there at receiver for the Canadian spot for the next few years anyway. I thought it was another very solid, maybe not a spectacular draft by Jeremy O'Day, nothing flashy, but it was a very solid draft. We, we had enough flashy under the Chris Jones era. I'm glad to see a little more substance this time. Well, one more thing to get to this week here on the Piffles podcast, and that, of course, is the CFL Tweet of the Week. Steve, I know where you're going with this because when I saw this, I howled, and I, I think I've been hanging out with you too much, not lately, but, I mean, I think I know where you're going with this. I, 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 I want to say, I, I, first, I want to say this is under protest because I refuse to give up my, my crown. <laughs> I... We might as well just name the, the segment after her because she seems no. to have great tweets right around record. I think she plans this around when we record or she just has regular great tweets to begin with. But there's been a lot of these, my plans with a good picture followed by 2020 with, you know, the polar opposite. And there have been many that have made me laugh, but they got old after a while until this morning when, uh, when Krista dropped it's the picture with my plans, and it's got Dressler lifting the cup in 2013 in Rider Nation. 
And 2020 is a picture of Jake Ireland with his hands on his head, calling that too many men penalty in 2009. I, that one hurt so much, but I laughed my ass off. <laughs> That's so good. So congratulations on what I think is her fourth Pipples tweet of the week. So, Yeah, one more. She gets a sticker. You know, you when, did, when did she get the when did she get the free sub? Or are we gonna sub her for you? Oh, by all means, but it'll be more entertaining. I'm for it. We can give it a shot. Why not? But it, 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 you won't be as graphically as gifted, though. Debatable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think that's going to do it for us this week here on the Pills Podcast. Uh, we're starting to get some football news, which is nice. Hopefully in the next little bit, we'll hear, you know, a little bit more in terms of plans for the CFL 2020 season. And uh, hopefully we get more good news out of that. And uh, I know I'm usually the negative one out of all of us, but it is good to, to have that kind of optimism back. And hopefully things can slowly start changing here in Canada and we can make some sort of uh, 2020 season happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to football. It's just, I think I'm where a lot of people are. I'm finally where a lot of people were and are right now, where everything is finally starting to open, but I'm still not there, <laughs> so to speak. It's just, this, this world's a night, nightmare hellscape, and it's just, I, I don't see it getting better. But hopefully football it comes back soon so some normal some what i deem as normal comes back see i'm feeling a whole lot better this week because i actually got to watch live sports on tv this weekend and there's more i'm not, com- a, I'm not a soccer fan that's the oh, problem you I just, watched the bundesliga absolutely i even picked a team and bought a sticker of course you did you didn't watch the south korean baseball or whatever did you where they had the the blow-up dolls as, as <laughs> no no i uh, I avoided the, the Korean Baseball League. I wasn't quite that bored. Okay. Well, if you get that route, let me know, and I'll uh, like come bring you a, a movie to watch or something. <laughs> I'm always down for more soccer. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us on the Pivots Podcast. Thanks so much for uh, joining us here this week. Give us a follow on Twitter at Pod. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. We're on Instagram at PifflesPod. Uh, one day I think I'll post on there again. And uh, <laughs> check out the website, pifflespodcast.com. Greg, every week you're coming out with uh, your redesigns for uh, uniforms. So yes. we've seen We've seen Toronto was this week. Yes. Who's Last coming up week next? Was, uh, this week is going in reverse order, BC Lions. Can't wait to see it. You've been well, getting they, a lot of good do, feedback on that. So, uh, they they cool. do bang together. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that from? 2014, 2015? No, oh, I don't was... know, but that was amazing. Uh, that was more recent than that. Was it? Uh, I don't know. That was just too great. Uh, then again, February of this year feels like six years ago, so I don't know. Yeah, no doubt. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support. 
making this show possible. Of course, Piffles Podcast, proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. We'll leave you with some Tyler Gilbert's Ghost Behind Your Mind. The-